two of our two-part special Labor Day uh, podcast. In this half of the podcast, you will be hearing our predictions for uh, the 10 Best Picture nominees for next year's Oscar ceremony, as well as our top five favorite films of 2021 up to this point. We hope you enjoy. Thank you. All right, and we are back. And we are going to talk uh, Oscars a little bit here. Um, it is just under six months out from when the Oscars are going to take place uh, at the end of February. And uh, I thought it'd be a good time to discuss what our expectations are heading into award season. And it'd be fun to put out some predictions uh, and see if six months from now if how accurate we were and uh we're going to kind of discuss some of the movies that we think could potentially end up as a best picture nomination come oscar night so danny i'm going to start with you what is the 10th movie that you think uh has the best chance to make that field of um the best picture field and before i let you say that sorry don't mean to kind of step on your toes here but this is the first year since uh, the beginning of when they expanded it to 10 uh, potential Oscar nominations that uh, for a while they had it where they had to have 10 in there. And then they went back where they had to have at least five, but it could be up to 10. Well, they decided this year is going to be the first year where they move back to where you they're going to have exactly 10 nominations. And so I think this makes things a little more interesting because there are movies that wouldn't have probably made the cut in previous years that now will be able to make that cut. So now I'm going to turn to you. What is your number 10 movie? Um, I want to say before I say my number 10 movie is that this is a hard conversation to have because you haven't seen most of these movies, if not any of these movies. And for me, I've not seen any of these movies. So um, the, my number 10 pick is a movie I still haven't seen, even though I have the opportunity to see it, and that's Coda. Um, and this is the fringe movie. I think that it is a feel-good movie. I think that it has a, a conversation about uh, a, a um, group of people that maybe aren't always recognized in movies. And so, and we've seen them recognized sometimes in film. And that's why I think that uh, it's kind of on that fringe. Uh, but I know that I've heard good things about the movie and I think that it has a chance to be nominated and I'm excited to see it, but I'm curious kind of to know what you think you might have it on your list or not. Um, I consider putting this in my top 10. I am leaving it just outside of my top 10. Um, and I, I do not think that it is outside the realm of possibilities that this ends up in uh, a best picture field, especially with the expanded 10 um, nominations, but here is the reason that I am leaving it out. It was, it is definitely going to be a fan favorite. It will have some Academy of love, which could be enough to get it in. But here is my issue with it. They decided to put this movie out in August, which is typically a problem for uh, Oscar campaigns just because by the time that everything is all said and done, it has been uh, a decent time since they 
they uh, people had actually seen this movie. Um, and so I think that's working against it. Uh, I think that they also had an opportunity to bring it back to more festivals this fall, and they chose not to do that. And I think that's going to hurt it. Uh, this is a director who has never been in this position before. And this is an Apple TV uh, distrib distribution, and they just haven't uh, been in the game long enough to know what it takes to run a successful Oscar campaign. And I'm not saying they can't figure it out really quickly. And I think this is a good movie to try to get it figured out with because it does have a wide appeal. Um, but those are the reasons that I ended up leaving it out of my top 10. Um, but with that said, being one of the only movies that actually has a chance to get in that I have already seen, I think it would be a very worthy um, nomination. And uh, it would be, you know, I think in a, it would be good for the Oscars to nominate something like this uh, simply because it is a fan favorite type of movie. Um, and, and so we're going to see, I think it has a better chance of getting some Oscar nominations. I mean, some acting nominations, not Oscar, of course, um, but uh, some acting nominations here. I think that is where it has the best opportunity to uh, potentially get some awards love. Um, but we're going to see. Um, I think that is a, a de decent prediction, though, um, as I had it just outside of my top 10. Um, my number 10 movie, I decided to put in here this morning, uh, despite the fact that I don't feel overly confident about it. But I am going to put Spencer in there as that 10th movie. I think this is the sort of movie that in a typical Oscar year prior to this year, that it would have been left out and it would be left to acting nominations and maybe a writing nomination and some of the more technical nominations. But because uh, it will get seen by a lot of the Academy um, for those other uh, categories, I think it has a lot of potential to sneak in here and make that uh that, that 10 uh, nomination list. Um, and so that is why I have Spencer at my number 10. I fully agree with you. And that's why I have it at number nine. I think that, like you said, this is one that it, I feel like it's the riskiest one to put on here because it is avant-garde and general audiences might not go for it. But, you know, I think we could be at a point with Oscars, especially with it being a field of 10 movies now. And we're really, you know, emphasizing that, that we might be at a point where it's like, okay, let's recognize those movies that are technically really good and get offer everything, but maybe it aren't the biggest crowd pleaser. Um, and I think that, that that's why you expand it to 10 you know you expand it to 10 so that these types of movies can get recognized um and i i don't know and it's the type of movie that for me personally like it feels maybe in that phantom thread sort of territory which is a movie i'd love uh and i obviously like jackie and we, we talked about that already but i 
I think that this could just be in that sweet spot to be able to be recognized. Yeah. Um, we're going to find out uh, as things get a little bit further into the season, just how much of a player it, it can be. Um, but I think it'd be foolish to not at least consider it here. Um, and that's why we both have included it on our list. So my number nine movie I think is really interesting simply because um, a lot of pundits out there believe this is a almost a lock. Uh, if you go to Gold Derby, it is currently their number one movie. Uh, when you when kind of their um, uh, congregate or uh, yeah of all of everybody's uh, their rankings that they have, and that is Nightmare Alley um, by Guillermo del Toro. Um, I don't have as much uh, faith in this movie to get nominated as a lot of other people simply because I think Guillermo del Toro does some kind of out there things that doesn't necessarily uh, connect with Oscar voters. And uh, this one is a little bit all over the place in terms of genre. Um, and so I think that it will be technically very good. I think it's going to have some great performances, but in the end, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the fact that it is going to be a massive Oscar player. Um, and we just don't know that much about it at this point because it didn't get finished in time to make any of the festivals as a December 3rd uh, release date. But uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, essentially said that he didn't quite get done as soon as he wanted to with it. And so um, we, we just aren't going to find out that much about it until we're really late in the game. And uh, I, I think this is an interesting movie to kind of place in this conversation um, because it has a lot of the pieces that you think, yeah, this is definitely going to be an Oscar movie. But other than The Shape of Water, if you kind of look back at what Guillermo del Toro has made, um, he hasn't been an overly Oscar-friendly director. Hmm. Yeah, and I can, did not include it in my predictions because I feel like it is that movie that even though it has the pieces, we don't know enough about it. And I think just based on who he is as a director, the tone of this movie, what I know about this movie, it could go either way, you know? And so I just don't feel confident putting it on the list because it just does not seem, I don't know. It seems like the movie to me that could be good, but could get lost in, a year that has a lot of other great movies coming out. Um, there's a movie on here that uh, I have a, a, my number eight pick that, you know, I, I considered putting Nightmare Alley on in here, but I kind of just decided to, to trade it out because this movie is one that is also like, it could go either way. And that's House of Gucci for me. Um, the reason why I think it could go either way is, we've talked about before that Ridley Scott is not a super um, he we've, we've cat, we've kind of characterized him as maybe a boring director or a director that makes movies that ultimately are really technically good. There's not much you can pick apart and say that was bad, but there's just not enough behind it to really get it, uh, get excited about it. And so, 
House of Gucci is a movie that I'm excited to see, but I, I sort of feel like it might just not have enough there to really make it worthwhile. But I put it on here as kind of, I would say everything below my top five, I, I am sort of hesitant on. Um, and this is one of them as well. Um, I'm going to refrain from saying anything at this point because it's further up my list. Um, and I will kind of explain why I've included it at the position that I have at, at that point in time. So I'm going to pivot here to my number eight, which is King Richard. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier in our festival conversation. And the reason that I have included this is I think that this is going to be the movie that uh, kind of takes that place of Coda as the more fan favorite type of movie. Um, when the blind side got nominated, it's kind of that movie. And I'm not saying that it's going to be exactly that sort of movie, but that inspirational, um, sort of emotional, but feel good type of movie that, uh, we don't always get the opportunity to include in the, this award discussion, but it just seems to have all of the pieces in place to make a, an awards run and we'll, we'll be there. Um, but I would be very, very surprised if it gets a bunch of awards outside of um, maybe Best Actor. Uh, it, it's going to be just one of those movies that's included in the conversation, but doesn't end up with a ton of awards when it's all said and done. I'm going to wait to talk about King Richard because I have it higher on my list. Okay, cool. So what is your number seven then? My number seven is... Basically, this is entirely based on the director, and that's Soggy Bottom. And I believe that uh, Paul Tom Thomas Anderson has enough juice as a director to be able to get this to an Oscar nomination. He's a technically, I think, one of the best directors we have making films right now. So that's uh, he has that going for him, and the cast for this is really working for me. And I think that works for the Academy. It's also a movie about Hollywood. And that is uh, something that is really works for this movie. The only caveat for this is we don't know much about it. You know, I don't have a trailer. We don't, we haven't seen it. So I'm writing on those pieces uh, for it to work for an Oscar nomination. So um, what do you think? I have included this on my list. I'm going to talk about it here um, and we'll kind of skip past it when it pops up on my list. Um, but the reason I want to talk about it here is because I have some of the same concerns that you do, uh, but I've included it almost entirely just on the basis that I trust Paul Thomas Anderson and uh, the cast that he has selected for this. Um, I think warrants kind of a consideration and in a field of 10 nominees, uh, short of this being just a complete flop, I'd be very surprised if it didn't get, get included, um, just because we know that many aspects of this film are going to be very, very, very good because it is Paul Thomas Anderson. My only concern is that it ends up being closer to an inherent vice than a phantom thread. And that's where it, we could end up uh, losing a little bit um, 
from this, but the the fact that it is being classified as a drama, I think bodes well for it because uh, it, it kind of steers away from from his more comedic take on things. And I, I think that that puts it in a position to be very, very successful. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're going to your number seven, right? I'm going to my number seven. Correct. I know now we're getting a little bit, uh, it's getting messy since we have some overlap. Uh, but my number seven movie is Belfast uh, by Kenneth Branagh. And it, this has nothing to do with Kenneth Branagh being a Academy uh, loved director and everything to do with just the way that the movie looks um, it seems to kind of fit in with movies like Brooklyn um, that uh, kind of has this uh, tone or feel to it that just the Academy loves. <laughs> um, and I think that it's the sort of movie that is going to be irresistible, especially for a foreign Academy m- members that are from like the UK. So there are a lot of uh, members there and they always like to get a movie in there that isn't uh, an American movie. And uh, this just feels like that sort of movie. Um, and it's received some pretty good love at uh, the festivals thus far. And I think that it's going to be kind of a middle of the pack sort of movie that isn't going to probably win best picture, but uh, will be strong and may get uh, a decent amount of nominations throughout the entire uh, slate of categories. Um, I think you could maybe get a couple acting nominations in there, possibly a writing nomination. Um, And yeah, I'm really interested in this and I'm excited to actually eventually see this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very excited to see this movie too, but I don't know enough about it right now. I haven't watched the trailer. I've just heard from what you've said and some things on social media. And so I did not include it in my predictions um, just because I don't know enough about it. And because I don't think Kenneth Branagh is a, you know, has enough juice as a director to be um, considered. Not necessarily that he won't be considered. I just, that was why I didn't include it in my predictions here. Um, So with that, my number six pick, Again, this is almost entirely based on the people involved in the story or in the film. And this is Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Joel Cohen, it will be interesting him directing for the first time without his brother in a while. Uh, And, um, you know, he has obviously the experience to be uh, a Best Picture nominated uh, movie. And, you know, with them winning for No Country for Old Men, I think that's totally within the realm of possibility. I think, honestly, something that might work against this movie is the fact that uh, it's Shakespeare. I know that sounds kind of interesting, like maybe weird to say it like that, but I think people might not go for it because, and it depends on how it's done. We don't really know how he's going to adapt it or how he's going to put it together. But uh, I just, I'm, I'm almost worried that it, people aren't going to, if it, if it doesn't take enough risks, if it doesn't seem to do something, you know, original with that story, 
I think that there's a good chance that it, it is left on the left out of the list. So that's why I don't have it higher. And that's why I'm not as confident that it's going to get a lock in, in the top 10. What do you think? Um, I ended up moving this off of my list. I had this on my list basically all year. And my reasoning is exactly what you just said. Uh, the Academy has not been very friendly to Shakespeare movies. And even though this probably gives it the best chance possible to get nominated, um, because there just hasn't been a uh, track record of that being the case, I think this is going to probably be more of a performance-driven film. Uh, I'd be very surprised if both Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand are not uh, included in uh, the acting conversation, um, potentially as favorites to win. Uh, but I think as a whole, um, it, it's a little too risky for me to include this movie in my top 10, especially in a field where it is a very strong field. There are a lot of movies that in a typical year where things didn't get pushed back, uh, that a lot of these movies would make the field. Um, but it's just going to be so competitive this year that, uh, it makes me sad because I'm really, really, really excited for this movie um, that I had to move it out. Uh, and I guess we're going to see, we'll, we will see uh, what a solo project from Joe Cole, Joel Cohen um, can end up doing. And in particular, if he can make Shakespeare uh, exciting for enough people to include it on this list. Mm -hmm. um, so my number six is a movie that I wanted to put higher, um, but because of uh, just the fact that it has been a long time since this director has made a movie and there are some concerns about its accessibility, um, I am putting the power of the dog at number six. Uh, like I had said previously, I think this has a strong possibility of um winning best picture uh but i think it also could end up getting left out um i do have to say that these six movies above or this and the movies that are above i feel more confident that they're going to uh be nominated than the other ones we had discussed i would be pretty surprised if the power of the dog doesn't eventually get nominated I think that this is um, one of two movies by Netflix that they are really going to be pushing. Uh, but uh, I, I am just not quite confident enough that uh, Jane Campion has created a movie that is going to be accessible to the Academy in a way that they, they want to award it. But like I said previously, I think that it has a lot, just the tone seems to fit um kind of that paul thomas anderson and coen brothers feel uh in some of their films and so there is definitely an opening for it to get come in here and maybe even potentially win the whole darn thing yeah um i actually i'm going to just talk about this now even though i don't have it 
for my next one. I have it technically at my number four, but I think the power of the dog, I feel pretty confident about all of my top five being nominated at some point. I think the power of the dog is, has exactly what we were talking about with there will be blood. It, it feels like it's just that caliber of movie. And also uh, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to really, this is a great year for him. First of all, he has a lot of movies that are out and he also is, I think, maybe going to solidify himself a little bit more as just a truly great actor this year. And so I'm excited for that. Um, and I mean, it's also exciting when there's other good actors involved in the project. And I think Kirsten Dunst is going to be exciting to watch. Um, I know that this, I can't re ever remember his name, but this young actor seems interesting to me um, in this movie. Um, so I have that as my number four, technically. Um, so uh, am I doing my number five now? Is that it? Yep, number five. My number five is Don't Look Up. And we had had a conversation about this, oh, I think maybe a week ago. And we talked about how Leonardo DiCaprio pretty much rarely works with somebody who is uh, not going to be recognized for best picture quality work and that has that going for it also the rest of this cast that's involved is very impressive um and you would expect them to be um part of this i think something that maybe stands out about this movie is that uh it has uh, a comedy slant to the story and it's maybe going to be satirical and so this could be kind of representative of that side of things within the uh, within the field of movies that are recognized. So I, a lot of these that I have on this list, I'm thinking about, okay, what, you know, what, um, you know, criteria does this check off? And I think it, it hits that side of the, the field. And then obviously with the director whose name is escaping me right now, can you help me? Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Um, I think, you know, with both Vice and with uh, the... The, the big picture i think that well he's proven that he's a director that the academy likes and that they want to pay attention to his take on things and always he's political and so with a very straightforward satirical political um, movie on our hands i think the academy is going to eat that up and uh, so I think that's why I feel pretty confident it's going to it's going to get in there. Um, this is also my number four movie. So I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, uh, but uh, I, I'll talk about it a little bit now. And that's I, I feel exactly the same way that you do. And that's the reason I, reason that I have included it. Um, you can't bet against Adam McKay at this point, simply because his last two movies that kind of had a similar tone or feel both got nominated um the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio is also in this and his slate of movies in the last decade uh basically all of them have been nominated uh and then yes that kind of political um just satirical slant to this is going to play well to the academy it's the sort of uh topic that they they want to kind of lift up and uh, I, I'd be surprised if this movie won best picture, 
um, just because it's not the sort of movie that ever does. Not saying it couldn't. Maybe this is the breakthrough year. But yeah, the fact that it is very different from the other movies on this list, um, being a comedy, is going to benefit it. And uh, given just everything involved, I would be very, very, very surprised if it does not make um, the final 10 list, uh, just because it, it seems like a recipe for success um, in terms of getting nominations. Uh, so that is also why I have included it at number four on my list. Um, number five was Soggy Bottom. Um, and so I've already talked about that. Um, so I'm actually going to be moving it back to you. And I think that you're now up to number three, since we have yep. both talked about uh, five and four. Okay. So my number three is also one that kind of marks off a, a thing that we haven't really gotten in the field yet. And that's West Side Story. I think that that is going to be the big musical that's recognized this year. And that's primarily because of the director. I think Spielberg, you can always bet on him. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I believe there's a world where this doesn't get nominated potentially. It depends on just how we respond to it. I think the, the biggest thing that is against it is that it's a remake. You know, we've already seen this movie, but um, I think that I would be a fool to not, to not uh, bet on Spielberg here. So that, that's why I'm going with West Side Story. I'm going to wait because this is on my list. Uh, it is not next for me, but uh, I do, do want to talk about it when it pops up here. Um, so my number three movie is Dune. Um, and I was a little skeptical about uh, including this, but there are just too many things um, working in its favor. Uh, and one of those is that uh, Denis Veneuve has a track record of actually producing something that the Academy loves um, and with, with a rival. And the types of kind of big budget movies that he makes, um, he makes them for kind of the more artsy fan, the somebody who likes this type of sort of sci-fi fantasy action type movie, um, but also appreciates uh, quality filmmaking. And based upon early reviews that we're getting on this movie, based upon the cast, based upon the fact that it is going to probably get nominated for almost every below the line category for technical um, work. I, this, this almost feels like a lock to get nominated for best picture. Um, even though it is the sort of movie that typically uh, if any other director was making it probably would get left off of this list. And so uh, I think that says a lot about uh, Villeneuve and his ability to make interesting movies for a wide ranging audience. Um, and so that's why I have it at number three on my list of most likely movies to get nominated for best picture. So I'm just going to skip right ahead. I have this at number one and maybe that's because I am just, I'm so jacked for it, but I think more than anything, um, I just feel pretty confident that this is going to be recognized for being a technically made film on a scale we haven't seen in a long time. And I think it's going to get a, 
and again, I could be wrong, but I feel pretty confident that it could get the same treatment that like Lord of the Rings, uh, the return of the King has got and not saying it's going to win a ton of awards. I'm just saying, I think it's going to be recognized in the same way. I would be really surprised if this one best picture, I think that it will get nominated at the very least though. Um, I, I, I was going to ask you, do you think that there is a possibility that it could actually win best picture? I think that the thing that it is against it is that it's a part one of two parts. And uh, if it felt like it was a complete story um, all the way through, then that would uh, maybe give it a little bit more of an edge. But I think, I think that it's, it's place on the best picture top 10 or uh, nominees are, is going to be solely because of the direction the dealing with the scope and the scale of the movie and then obviously the filmmaking but then also just handling an ensemble cast uh in this way and like you know Denis Villeneuve is is a director who has like almost it feels like every movie he's made in the last you know five six years is kind of got is like training for this movie you know and uh, this is the like I think in a lot of ways the culmination of his career and obviously he'll have a career after this but it is uh, the movie that he says he's been looking forward to making his entire life um, because he loves this story and so I mean a, any director can say that and it doesn't mean anything but I just feel like there's a there's enough magic happening around this movie right now that I feel feel pretty good about it at least getting nominated um i i feel like this movie actually has potential to walk away with the most academy awards um after it's all said and done because i think that it has a real potential to clean up in all the technical categories um it has a hans zimmer score which I have heard is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and so that could be a favorite to win best score. Obviously the visual effects are going to be a favorite to potentially win. The sound is going to be a favorite to win. Um, it could end up winning for cinematography. Um, I think that it just has a real potential to end up cleaning up in a lot of those technical categories. Editing. But, editing I think yeah. Too. Editing is going to be a, a strong um, category for it. Uh, and then may, maybe it even ends up getting a nomination for adapted screenplay um, and could do very, very well there as well. Uh, but uh, I, I also agree that the chances of this winning best picture are pretty slim. Um, but there, there is a world where it does because we have seen that the Academy in the past has been interested in awarding a movie like this. And if it is as good as we hope that it is and that we know it could be, um, it, it could just end up being a favorite and people go for it and you never know. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if it's not in the nominations when those nominations drop um, early next year. So uh, we are now kind of entering into territory where we're repeating stuff. So my number two movie is House of Gucci. Um and oh wait did i skip you 
Oh yeah, we did. Whatever. Go okay. But uh, my number two, my my number two movie is House of Gucci, um, and I have the same concerns that you do uh, about this uh, maybe not being as good, uh, simply because I don't have a um, huge confidence in uh, why. Why is his name House of Gucci? Is Ridley not- Scott. Uh, Ridley Scott. Why am I having trouble with that? Uh, uh, Ridley Scott. Uh, I think that his movies typically are as good as they look like they're going to be. Um, But this movie just looks like it potentially could get nominated in every category, every single category um, that it, it is eligible to be nominated in. And it feels very much like a mank or a uh, the Irishman, and I know we've talked about that previously. The type of movie that is crafted so well and really plays into what the Academy likes, but when it's all said and done, could end up getting zero wins on Oscar night. Um, and I I will go out on a limb and say that I think this is the movie that will get the most nominations. Um, when when the Oscar nominations are released, but uh, the ratio of wins to uh, nominations could be one of the lowest of the entire night, as I think there's a strong possibility that it wins none. But I think that there it could get a lot of uh, uh, acting nominations, maybe even in some categories getting more than one. Um, it's going to get nominated for costumes. It'll get nominated for makeup. Uh, it will get nom- It has a good chance of getting nominated for production design. Um, I think that it's just, it is filled with everything that Oscar loves. And, uh, to me, I feel, would feel like a fool, uh, leaving this off entirely. Um, so yes. I think that that's what you said is like, so indicative of what type of a director Ridley Scott is, is that he's always good, but he's never the best. And uh, so like he will make a a good movie that's fairly entertaining. It works on all sorts of levels, but it's not ever one that's going to stand out at the head of the pack. Um, So yeah, I, I, I think it's smart to include this. I, I totally buy what you're saying. And I might even bump this up a little bit after kind of just that what you, your your case you made. Um, okay, so you're you're gonna think you. I said I was waiting on King Richard, right? This is yeah, the time yeah. to talk about King Richard. Here's why I think King Richard is a lock for a, a nomination. Is that this is I think more in line with the feel good type of movie that the Oscars are gonna respond to. Coda could slip in there. I'm not 100% on that, but that's why I have Coda at 10. But King Richard, I really feel good about. I'm also thinking that of the rest of the movies that are out, with the exception of you could kind of consider Tragedy of Macbeth, there isn't a ton of movie that's very diverse uh, in this year's uh, movies that are kind of at the top of that list. And so um, I think that the Academy will want to recognize a movie that like this because it, I think it is going to be pretty well made. It's going to have great performances, and uh, I think a compelling story. And it hits upon that 
diversity aspect. And so I think that's why I feel pretty confident that it will get recognized. Again, I don't think it's going to win. Um, I think that Will Smith has a fairly strong chance of, of uh, being nominated. I would say he's pretty much a lock as uh, best actor. Um, he could win. I don't know. I think right now there's so many performances that it's really just going to come down to w- what I feel like after I see some more of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's why I have it so high. It might seem kind of pie in the sky type of thinking to put it at number two, but that's, it just, I don't feel like they are going to leave off a movie that is so strongly representative of like a important or at least played an important role in the figure that is Serena Williams is Venus Williams, because they're such big, important figures in our lives right now. Um, and I'm going to add to this just a little bit, because uh, now that we have been removed from me talking about it, I, I have a few more things that I'd like to say. Um, we, we had discussed earlier about who the producers are on this and both the Williams sisters are on here. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith are both producers on this film. Um, And there's going to be a lot of money put into the campaign for this. It is a Warner brothers film. Um, Warner brothers has been uh, historically very good at promoting their films. And uh, the, I think the one thing that, that kind of scares me is that, the director is not very well known and the uh, writer is not very well known. So the quality may not be on the same level as some of the other movies on this list. Um, but there's so many things going in its favor that uh, it, it seems almost foolish to leave it off. Um, but that is why I kind of have it a little bit lower Um I can't fault you at all for having it higher on your list simply just because there, there are a lot of things working in its favor. Um, and, and yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of money behind this campaign and depending on uh, what cry macho ends up becoming, um, that's a movie that I had considered putting on this list because it is Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood has had a historically, pretty good track record with Oscars Um, in the last 10 years. He has gotten a movie nominated Uh, depending on kind of how that uh, plays out. King Richard may be Warner brothers top movie that they are pushing for the Oscars. I think in the Heights uh, probably has kind of fizzled out and its chances of getting in are not very high. Um, and I don't think Warner brothers are going to push it that hard. Uh, I guess I forgot Dune is also there. <laughs> I don't want to forget that Dune is a part of this. So yeah, they, that also could maybe hurt, uh, King Richard a little bit is that Dune might be the one that they're pushing a little bit harder. Um, and, uh, but you know, maybe it rides its coattails a little bit. And if they're going to be pushing a bunch of their movies, uh, they may end up pushing both of these pretty hard. And I'm guessing that they're going to really want to push Will Smith for best actor since he has a better shot at winning an acting award than anybody in Dune does. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, that alone will probably carry it uh, decently well. Um, So 
cannot fault you for putting it this high up on your list. So my number one movie we've already discussed, and that is West Side Story. Uh, this has been kind of sitting toward the top, based, basically, since I thought it was going to be coming out last year. Um, I do not believe this is going to win Best Picture, uh, but because it is Steven Spielberg and almost every one of his movies gets nominated for Best Picture, uh, it is an Academy-friendly uh, story. Uh, I, I just don't see there being any chance at all that this does not get nominated. Um, like I said, I think that I'd be pretty surprised if it ends up winning because even looking at Steven Spielberg's track record as a winning best picture director, he hasn't won in a very long time, even though he gets nominated almost every time he puts something out that's of this sort of quality. Um, he just doesn't win. And uh, I think that we got uh, a little bit of a preview as to what the Academy thinks about remakes with A Star is Born and how that seemed like an odds-on favorite to win early on. Um, and then it basically fizzled out and didn't get anything. Um, it got nominated, but didn't get any big-time awards. And uh, that could end up being the same case here for, for West Side Story. I think he has a chance to get some uh, acting nominations I don't know if they, I think they wrote a new song for this. So I presume that it will get a original song nomination um, and it will probably get some of the technical nominations as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd still be very, very surprised if this ended up winning, um, but I would be even more surprised if it got left off of the nominations for best picture, especially in a year where they are forced to nominate 10 films. Um, so that is why I have West Side Story as my top most likely film to get nominated for Best Picture. Okay, so I before we kind of wrap up this section, I want to ask you if you have to pick two movies from your predictions that you think have the best shot of winning Best Picture, which one are you going to which two are you going to pick? Um, I am going with The Power of the Dog as my top uh, movie that I think has the best chance of winning the best picture. And then I'm actually going with Belfast as my second uh, choice. And I, I just look at all of these other movies that even though I have them higher on this list, um, they just have something that's working against them from having an opportunity to win best picture. And if I'm looking at a move at movies that across the board are going to get enough support um, to be able to end up winning that, that award um, I can't, I don't think West side story is going to be able to do it. I think there are a group of people that just will not vote for, um, a musical as best picture and in a, a system where you do ranked choice, I think there'll probably be a lot of people that are going to put West side story towards the bottom. So I don't think that can go house of Gucci. I just don't, don't have trust that it's going to be the type of movie that's going to be interesting enough to win best picture. Um, Dune, we already kind of talked about, it doesn't necessarily fit in, uh, that sort of, um, kind of template of what typically wins. 
Uh, Don't Look Up also is kind of in that same place. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson hasn't been able to do it yet. I think that I'd probably put Soggy Bottom as my number three um, just behind Belfast. Uh, But then Power of a Dog, it just, I don't know. There's just something about it that feels like there is going to be edgy enough, but not too edgy. Um, And it's just going to be an interesting enough movie that as of right now, if I had to pick a movie uh, that I think is going to win Best Picture, The Power of the Dog is my movie. Um, And then Belfast, uh, I think that it looks like it's accessible. And that is going to go a long ways. And so that's the reason why I have included it there. So my top two, I will also go with Power of the Dog. We've talked about that. So I think that feels, it just feels like it has the right elements. It's enough of an artistic movie, but I think it's also one that people, general audiences could potentially enjoy. So that's why I think that really works for that movie. My second choice, and this might be a total shot in the dark here, but I just I feel something about this movie because it's, it stands out in this field. I think Don't Look Up could have a shot, partially because it's an ensemble movie. We always talk about how ensemble movies yeah. are pretty solid. And also, I'm thinking about everything that's happened in the last year and a half with COVID. And obviously, this is a movie that I think is primarily about climate change or about you know the inability of people to uh, be able to uh, make things happen or to change things in the face of real danger. I think that's also going to comment on the pandemic in a way too, because we, you know, are in a situation primarily because of our inability to make the right choices for the good of everybody. Um, so I think that that movie will be very poignant for those two reasons and comment on those things. And so, um, I don't know. I think, I think it could, it could be a movie that just totally, and I'm somebody that's not a huge Adam McKay fan in the first place, but I feel this sort of sense about the movie that it could just be that odd one out that gets a lot of love and then could get, could get the win. So that's, that's what I'm going with again, total shot in the dark, but that's what I feel. Yeah. I think that one of the things that's interesting about it and where you may end up being right um, is that, it's not going to split with another movie. Whereas I think you have potential for something like the power of the dog and uh, soggy bottom where they could be a similar type of movie in terms of um, just their tone and feel. I know they're not exactly that way, but um, they attract a similar audience member, right? Where then they end up splitting their votes And that ends up being problematic for both of those films. Um, Whereas you look at this, the list that we've, we've put together here and yeah, you're right. Don't look up. doesn't really have any competition or if that's the sort of movie that speaks to you, then it's clearly going to be your number one movie. Um, But I also think that it has uh, potential for a lot of Academy of voters to rank it very last on their list. Um, simply because they just don't like that type of movie as a award movie. And by that nature alone, they could put it last. I also think there is a sect of Academy voters that don't like the politics of uh, movies. And this is going to be so in your face 
uh, about trying to really push a political agenda. I don't see any way that it is not. Um, and that could rub some voters the wrong way. Um, but yeah, I it, honestly, it may be um, kind of fresh to finally get a movie like this that wins Best Picture because we just don't get these sorts of movies to win Best Picture. And one of these years, something like this is going to win um, and catch us a little bit off guard. And maybe that this is the year for that to be the case um, as uh, there are probably a lot of people, especially somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio that has um, a lot of money and a lot of support within Hollywood to really push this uh, environmentalism and climate change agenda. And uh, yeah, it could just really strike accord with people and you know we we could be right there so i think we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about our top five um favorite movies of 2021 make it a little bit longer show today with that break um but i think that uh this is the right time to do this as a lot of these movies are probably going to get drowned out here in the next few weeks um so stay right there and we will come back and have that conversation And we are back talking about our top five favorite movies of 2021 thus far. Uh, the unfortunate part about any year is movies that have come out in the first part of the year, kind of through the summer, they, they often get forgotten. And uh, when I come out with my top 10 list at the end of the year, there's a chance that only a one or two of these actually make that list. Um, and, and so there are movies that, that I feel strongly should get a little recognition that just don't because they don't have the money behind them to run a big awards campaign. And, uh, they, they end up just getting left out, uh, on top of the fact that there are just a lot of good movies that come out in the fall in winter months. And, um, and so it, it is good to be able to recognize some of these movies. So I'm going to start our countdown at my number five movie. And my number five pick is Zola. Uh, and I, I am including this because I just think it's a very original film um, and something that is fresh uh, and even though it's not perfect, I think it has some really great performances and does a nice job of kind of mixing comedy with drama. Um, and I, I think it's the sort of movie that as I look back on this year, maybe a couple of years from now, um, this is a movie that will still stand out to me uh, just because it, it is so different from a lot of stuff. That, that we get to see year in and year out. Um, and so I, I initially had given that movie an eight and I am staying with an eight for the time being. Um, and I really, really liked the, the film Zola. Um, I'm going to wait to talk about Zola because I have a little bit higher on my list. So I'll go with my number five, which was Shiva Baby. Um, this movie is one that I just watched at home uh, and I felt like it, it did a lot of things really well. First of all, its tone really works for me. 
it's kind of a thriller sort of psychological thriller in a way it's a comedy it's uh, a horror movie in some ways the mu the score is really strong i think that the performances are really good there's a claustrophobic cinematography to the whole film and for it taking place in one room or one house essentially and it having um a pretty simple premise i thought that it did a pretty good job of carrying that out and more than anything i just i think that the uh director put together a interesting story that has a lot to say but doesn't you know have necessarily any one specific message that it's getting to it's just as interesting movie to to consider and to think about um and so i i it was memorable and that's why i have it as my number five um i this was one of my honorable mentions uh it barely missed out here maybe we can go over a few honorable mentions at the end of our countdown just to make sure that we are recognizing a few other movies um but i i liked it for many of the same reasons that you did um, I think the fact that it's a little shorter movie, even though I appreciated that, uh, makes it so there's not quite as much meat to it. Um, and uh, even though it was a fairly original take on a lot of tropes that we see many, many times in film, um, I think that there, in the end, what makes it not included as one of the best movies of the year for me is that it um, ends and I don't know how much it has to ultimately say. And uh, it, it just was a fairly enjoyable, well-crafted experience that uh, was an interesting take on a, a story that um, we've seen before, but not quite in this way. All right, so number four for me is Coda. Uh, and it, this is a, a kind of interesting movie because I can separate it from uh, the craft aspect of it, which I often uh, evaluate movies under that lens. And so that's why it ends up kind of ranking a little lower for me. But as for just a completely enjoyable experience, and one that I think nearly everybody should go on. Um, Coda it has to be toward the top. And uh, I think that it still has an opportunity to, to get a little bit of awards love. Um, we talked about it in our best picture predictions. You had included it on your list. I think it still could be uh, make it into onto that top 10 list. Uh, but there are some performances in this film that I think are extra exceptional um and that frankly is the reason that uh it, it makes it onto this list first amelia jones as the main character she's very very good um but i think the standout performance is from troy uh kotzer who plays her father and uh, when you see this film, Danny, I think that you'll agree with me that this is a performance that, frankly, probably should get nominated for Best Supporting Actor by the time that uh, everything is all said and done. But I am a little bit scared that it is going to get left out. Um, yeah, but if it does get included, it's going to be one of those that 
will be a bright spot, even if Coda doesn't get other nominations along the line. Um, but I highly recommend seeing Coda. Uh, I know I've been pushing this and pushing this and pushing this. Um, but if there is one movie that this year that the average movie goer um, should see out of my recommendations, it should be Coda. Okay. I, I'm going to try to watch it this week. I need to get to see this so I can let you guys know how I feel about it. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Um, my number four is Zola. And uh, for a lot of the reasons that you already mentioned, this is why I included on this list. I think that um, tone is one of the most important things for me as a, as a movie watcher. And I think that even though this movie's wild, the tone is, I think, perfect. I think that it, 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 it actually makes the movie work when it probably shouldn't work uh, because there's some strange story developments that happen, but just the way that they approach it, it works from a comedy level, but also from a disturbing kind of dramatic level. Um, and I think with that, I have to give credit to Janisa Bravo who directed it, but I also have to give credit to the performers of this movie because they make this this really work and there's a lot of I mean they're doing it all together so like there's a lot of scenes where there has to be some sort of good chemistry with the, the actors to be able to make this work and I think they really pulled it off and it's a movie that you know I, I suspect will get pushed down as I see some more of these movies that are coming out uh, later in the year but um, I think it deserves to be recognized for being a standout movie so far this year. All right. Zola at number four. Um, my number three movie is Summer of Soul, the documentary that came out of Sundance. Um, this is just a refreshingly good documentary about a, a, an event that I knew nothing about prior. Uh, the quality of the footage that they use here is incredible um the way that this film is edited is absolutely amazing and it is amazing to me that this is a first time director making a a documentary because i think the craft of documentary filmmaking is very very difficult um but i at Questlove, he absolutely nails this and frankly, this should be an um, example for future documentary filmmakers on how to make a high-quality documentary film. Um, it's a little on the longer side, and uh, I think there are a group of people that probably wouldn't enjoy this as much. But overall, if you like music, um, if you like interesting storytelling, um, and just want a pretty good documentary, um, I highly recommend watching Summer of Soul. Um, I think this is a pretty accessible documentary overall. I 100% agree with you, and that's why I also have it at number three. I have, I have a feeling, I could be wrong, that we could be in line with the, our, next, our next few picks here. Um, but this is a, a documentary that I think, like you said, if you're a music lover, you're going to really enjoy this. But also, I think just the historical aspect of it and the way that they are able to get people to reflect on that period that almost felt lost to them and show them footage that they have never seen before. 
that they are seeing it for the first time. Uh, that is a really impactful aspect of the documentary. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those amazing stories that this is, this is why documentaries are special is telling a story that you have never heard before. And you almost can't believe that it's real, that it actually happened, that it was forgotten or that it wasn't given full, uh, full, uh, spot time in the spotlight. So, uh, this is my top documentary of the year so far. Same. All right. Uh, my number two movie is in the Heights. And, uh, I, I feel like this is the sort of movie that, um, did not get the, the recognition that it deserved and it's not going to get the recognition that it deserved has some incredible performances. I think the craft of this film is very, very good. Um, this is how a musical should be made. Uh, and I know we had talked about maybe the music not being as good for this one, especially uh, in light of Hamilton and how good Hamilton is in terms of music and how this kind of feels a little bit Hamilton light. Um, but this is just an enjoyable experience. And uh, I thought that it was very impactful. And um, yeah, I think in a lot of years, this probably gets a little more recognition, but because there are so many musicals that are coming out this year, because it had an early release, um, has a lot of things working against it, uh, but it is still my number two movie of the year. So this is one that's just outside of my top five. I actually bumped it down. I originally had it at five and I moved Shiva Baby up. Uh, so I still really like this movie. I think that this is was probably one of the more creative uh, movies we've seen this year, just the way they decided to tell that story. I think getting away from it, getting a little bit of distance, I feel like the third act of the movie may be um the pacing of that doesn't work totally for me and that's why i bumped it down just a little bit um but i i think this is one that you know anybody could enjoy almost there's something to enjoy for everybody in this this musical so we're at number two and my number two pick is uh the green knight uh i think this is just a really thought-provoking enjoyable movie for somebody who likes to be challenged i know not everybody's going to enjoy this movie but for me i just felt like there was a lot that i could dive into and it's one that i feel like could be even more rewarding on rewatches and not to say that a movie needs to be seen more than once i think that that's not necessarily a requirement of a movie but i think that movies that are capable of you know being almost different when you watch it another time or giving you new information the next time around shows just how well crafted the movie is. And I think the craft of this movie is, is I think top notch of anything I've seen this year. It might be the best made movie I've seen this year. Um, this is number six on my list. Yeah. Uh, I, I really wanted to include it in my top five. But as I looked at the movies that I had here, because of its inaccessibility in certain areas, 
Um, I left it just outside. I agree with you from a craft standpoint. Um, this is top notch. Uh, and especially from the cinematography and editing standpoint, I think the sound and music are very, very good. The aesthetic is very, very good. Um, but as we have gotten a little bit further away from it, I don't know if it, it, reaches me in the same way that it did those days following. Um, and especially compared to a ghost is born uh, story. I mean, a ghost story, I think it will go <laughs> um, <laughs> a ghost story uh, that, um, that it, it didn't quite live up to how amazing that movie was. Um, and I can't help but kind of compare the two. Um, and so that isn't to take anything away from The Green Knight. I think it's an excellent film um, and that people who are willing to kind of go on that challenge with it uh, certainly should. Um, but uh, yeah, I have it just outside my top five at number six currently. Okay. All right. So your number one my number one movie i believe that we have the same number one movie which makes this uh will make this a little more fun to talk about here my number one movie is pig uh i think it was just an original take it caught me off off guard um i think that from a craft standpoint it is one of the top movies that we have seen this year um it uh is also from a narrative standpoint it is one of the top movies that we have seen this year and from an acting standpoint it is one of the top movies and so it checks pretty much all those boxes for me um and when i am looking for uh, movies that i think are exceptional i am looking for something that is wholly unique and uh takes kind of a fresh approach to um, certain things. And I went into this movie thinking it was going to be something entirely different than it was. And I think that that had an impact on how much I enjoyed it um, mm -hmm. because it showed that you can take something that very easily could have taken a certain path and instead decided to do something different and challenge kind of that status quo of how you handle a movie like this. Um, and it was emotionally affecting in a way that uh, I did not expect it to be. Um, and it would have been very easy to not go down that path. And instead, I think it has a lot to say that, uh, can be impact, unpacked uh, over time and through repeated viewings. And so I look forward to eventually watching this movie again. And uh, I, I think this is a pretty accessible movie. I think most people um, should be able to watch this movie and enjoy it. Even if the gentleman in the theater that watched this with it, watched this with us, I uh, thought it was one of the worst movies ever. Um, he is not most people. Um, I think that if you enjoy a good film, then this this should be up there as a movie that, that is quite enjoyable. I have this at number one as well. Uh, I think that you're right on with it being a pretty unpredictable movie. I think, first of all, you go in with an expectation because it's a Nick Cage movie and they kind of marketed it as maybe a revenge movie a little bit. But I think even still 
as you're going along in that movie, it, you can't fully predict where it's going to go after you kind of realize what type of story it's telling. And I think that is really, uh, really great. And I think the other thing that is so good about this movie is it does character better than any movie I've seen this year. And the thing that it does really well in writing its characters is specifically with the Nick Cage character, you learn about him based on the effects that he has on the people around him. And so, you know, when they get the, when you see their reaction and their recognition of who he is and kind of, or at least what he looks like sometimes that that builds so much character for him, or if they just respond to the name, you know, Oh, that's who you are. You, you get to know who he is as a person, but that is in conflict with what you see him doing. And so it makes him so interesting. Um, I also think that this movie is funny uh, at times, even though it has, I think, a pretty poignant and, uh, you know, emotional message at the end of the day. I think it is another movie that is great at capturing a tone where it can do both things or do whatever it needs to do to tell the story. And so um, I, I just thought this was a, a well-crafted movie. And again, maybe because we didn't have super high expectations going into it, we could appreciate it a little bit better. But I think even still, if I were to see this again, I, it would be one that was a little bit, uh, I could get a little bit deeper into it and have a better understanding of things. And uh, enjoy it even more the next time around. So this is ultimately a movie that, yes, I think maybe you might sit through it and say, are you getting anything out of this? Or is this doing anything for you? But I think uh, if you're willing to be uh, challenged to think critically or reflect on your own life in some way, if you're open in that way, and I think a lot of people uh, who go to movies want to reflect on themselves in a way. Uh, this is a, a interesting movie. And I think it, it has enough entertainment value that there's that there, but it also has something to say too. So um, that's why it's my number one. And I, this is one that I think could hang on to the, in the top 10 by the end of the year, you know, obviously it has an advantage being at number one, but I think, it's not one that's going to be easily bumped down by other movies. I think it will stick up there for a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel out of all of the movies that we talked about here, I, I feel this has the best chance of sticking around. Um, obviously we put it at number one, but uh, I think that even my number two in the Heights, I think has a chance of getting knocked out. And uh, this one, I just feel like has a little bit, uh, more lasting power. Um, so check it out. I think it is now on, on video on demand. And so you can rent it. Um, I highly recommend doing so. I think that uh, it is the sort of movie that is enjoyable enough for the average moviegoer um, that if you're willing to go on the journey and be open-minded about certain things, then uh, I think you'll find that you like it as well. Um, so that sort of wraps up what we want to talk about today. I do want to preview what the next month is going to look like. Next weekend, we are looking at doing the eighth movie in our uh, Wes Anderson marathon, the Grand Budapest Hotel. So that will be on 
September 12th. Uh, the following week on September 19th, uh, we're looking to do a review of the eyes of Tammy Faye, um, which I think looks like to be pretty interesting. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that ends up uh, as the, the following week, we are going to do Dear Evan Hansen, uh, and I don't know what this is going to be like, uh, but I am ready to go on that journey, um, and uh, it could be a – I think this could be a fun conversation for us, Danny, um, simply because I have a little bit more of an investment in it than you do, um, and so we, I think there's going to be a lot to unpack with that, with that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to do that on September 26th, and then we're going to start – uh, October off with Isle of Dogs, which will be the last movie movie before the French Dispatch is released in that Wes Anderson marathon. Um, and so we'll do that on uh, October 3rd. I think it might be also kind of fun with that episode for us to maybe discuss um, some of the characters throughout uh, Wes Anderson um, movies and look at some specific performances and some, some of the details uh, now that we have seen all of those movies up to that point um, mm-hmm. before we do a final countdown on that French Dispatch episode. Um, okay. And then once we get to into October, we're going to probably have a little bit better idea of what movies are going to be bigger award players. And so we will schedule uh, those, those shows based upon kind of what the buzzy films are making sure we get a chance to see those movies. Uh, so until next week, we hope you have a good week um, and we'll see you then. 